is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Jenny LaRoche, and we cover it all, from Annie Live to her early inspirations in the entertainment industry. So I hope you enjoy this, part one, with Jenny LaRoche. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Jenny LaRoche. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Clayton. This, this is so exciting. Yes, it, is. it really is because there's a lot of stuff coming up and things that have come out. And I was saying before we started, you know, started tonight that uh, I'm seeing your name everywhere. Of course, you know, tick, tick, boom, out on Netflix. Everyone must go see it. And of course, upcoming the week this airs, Annie Live. Annie Live. Uh, yep. You've been very busy. I ha you know, it's perfect timing that you're catching me, you know, for the past two years, I've been sitting around No, I'm getting, <laughs> we all <laughs> Amen to that. So, yeah. so suddenly, yes, I, um, it feels very good to be back in the studio, back on like a sound stage, and mm. just doing it all. Yeah. I love that. that. Really great. Mm -hmm. Well, before we talk about Annie live and everything else that's, you know, present day, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for Jenny. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Well, I grew up as a competition dancer. Um, and so I didn't know what I wanted, honestly, like growing up, like I loved to dance. I loved all genres of dance. I loved television. Like I wanted to be an actress. I didn't even think that was going to be a real thing. I, <laughs> I could also say that, you know, I grew up in a Haitian household and, you know, I luckily had really supportive parents of my passions and of my dreams. But for the most part, when you grow up um, with like that strong kind of immigrant mentality, it's like, okay, you're going to either be a doctor or a lawyer. Like you're going to work hard and you're going to have a job that is definable. <laughs> and, you know, sure. so sure. me growing up thinking that, but also having this, full love for theater and musical theater and everything. Um, I was like, how do I, how do I make that work? Um, yeah, but it started very early and I've been dancing since I was three years old and I graduated college just knowing I just had to make it work. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I belonged on the stage, like as a career. Hmm more than a hobby. Was there a defining moment for you when you decided that you were going to pursue this as a career or was it a culmination? Oh, yeah. of, oh there was. Okay. <laughs> it, it, there was definitely a culmination of things. Um, I went to college. I studied, uh, I got a BFA, but I, the defining moment, I had a summer job. Hmm. Um, I think, I believe it was my freshman year of college and I was a receptionist at a hospital clinic in Miami. And I was miserable waking up at 5.30 in the morning, beating that traffic, getting there, and then not coming home until just sitting at a desk all day for me was soul sucking. Mm. And I knew like, I just knew it was never going to be enough for me. It didn't matter that the money was consistent. It didn't matter that, you know, I was a muggle like everybody else. <laughs> you know, I, had, I knew um, I always had an answer of like, oh, what do you do? I work at such and such. Like, it just didn't matter. I wanted to yeah. be the starving artist that I, you know, had heard so much about. Um, and yeah, when you're given a gift, you just 
you have to utilize it. Otherwise you're mm-hmm. wasting it. You know? mm-hmm. Amen to that. Where was right? that? When was that to sit? What was that realization though? Was that at the office? You were like, wait a minute, I have a gift. It was and I can't at the office. Wasting it. Yeah. I'll never forget. I remember the way that office set up and the people were lovely and you know, the job was fine. It was, I was, it was probably the most money I was making at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was sitting at the desk and I was answering my phones and, you know, doing the Rolodex, you know, this was before iPhones and all that sure. stuff. Sure. And um, I was filing away paperwork. And I think I was just in a mood and I was just like bored to tears. And someone had asked me to make copies of like a bunch of files. And I was like standing at that copy machine, just, yeah, that was my moment of like, I'm going to go back to school. And I mean, that I already had planned, but now I know what my purpose is Mm. and I need to train and get, become the best in every capacity so that I can have a career Mm. um, and make this work for myself because working a nine to five, answering phones, you know, filing paperwork was just not what Jenny LaRoche was going to be doing in her twenties and (laughs) thirties. Yeah. What did your parents teach you about work ethic? Hmm. Well, my parents and I, I feel like this is lacking in today's generation. Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's between you and me. Everyone can hear this. Um, (laughs) Humble pie is what I like to call it. Okay. I, you know, I was talented. I knew I was talented, but I wasn't running around bragging about it. Mm. I wasn't shoving, you know, trophies in people's faces. Mm. It was very much like, yes, you're talented. Do something with it. You're respectful of others. Mm. Um, You know, I think that's what they taught me in terms of kindness was always respecting others. Uh, my father who my poppy, he passed away five years ago. Now he was such, uh, an inspiration and such a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Actually. Um, I was scared to jump into this field. Like, I feel like he was like my backbone, like my confidence. Um, you know, so he definitely had a lot to do with like teaching me kindness and work ethic and, mm. you know, all those things. Um, cause I just didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I was going to be good enough. I, no one in my family had ever been a performer. I didn't have many friends from Florida that were like, oh yeah, I'm graduating high school and I'm moving to New York city and I'm mm. a Broadway star. Like that just wasn't a lot of people's stories. And I didn't know how to make it happen? How do you have a livelihood in this industry? You know? Mm. Um, and so my dad, I, I definitely have to give him a huge, huge, uh, gracious. Thank you. Um, an internal thank you because teaching me kindness, teaching me how to work well with others, relationships are everything in this business. And I think kindness goes a long, long way. Mm. Um, directors and choreographers remember, working with someone more than, you know, how high you can kind of kick your leg. Hmm. It's true. You're absolutely right. It has so much to do with, and yeah, obviously this is another question that I ask are your views on relationships in the industry. And I think you're you're answering it. It has a lot to do with who you are as a person when you're not. It has so much to do with 
reputation, really, right? Like, yeah. and I say this because um, I'm also an, an associate choreographer, and I say this to a lot of people, like my students and things. Um, we, I want to work with someone that I can actually work with. You spend hours in a studio teaching someone vocabulary and choreography. And then, you know, it's so much more about the relationships than it is just the audition and just wow me, you know, who takes direction, who works well with, you know, someone that is not as fast as picking up choreography. Relationships are everything in this industry Mm. and respect and kindness go a long way. Yeah, they really, they go all the way there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Do you have any mentors and are there any standout pieces of, of advice you've received? Yeah. So I have a funny moment. Um, I was doing the bombshell concert, uh, the smash bombshell concert. This was like circa eight years ago or something. And I'll never forget. I was just in the ensemble and, um, Jennifer Lewis, who I love and adore. And I have watched her on television for, all of my life. Um, I heard this voice and it sounded really familiar calling from the back. This was at like the uh, party afterwards. And she's like, you, you. And I was like, someone actually talking to me. And it was Jennifer Lewis. And I was like, I've had a fan out moment. I was like, oh, she really, is it me? And I did that. I like looked behind me. She's like, no, this is not about me. This is about you. And she, I mean, I could have just, she probably doesn't even remember this, honestly, but I will always remember it and hold it so dear because it, she pointed out something that I didn't really recognize in myself, but she had mentioned how much I stand out without trying and how that can be honestly detrimental to some people. Like, you know, when you're in the ensemble, the the expectation is kind of to blend, right? Like you don't yeah. want to upstage the stars ever. Yeah. So it was fascinating because Jen was basically like, oh, I already know they're going to hate you in this business. <laughs> like they're going to love to hate you because you just can't help it. You shine, but don't ever stop shining. And I, I still like, I still hold on to that. Um, I think it's such valuable uh, advice and mentorship because she understood like what I was going through, like feeling like, you know, the tall black, I can't blend into anything. You know, you can put me, you could take me out of my three inch heels and put me upstage. Like, this is what I do. I'm gonna, I radiate, you know? Um, (laughs) But yeah, we had that moment and I thought it was, Yeah, it was a very complex compliment slash like, she's like, I've been through this and I go through this. Like this is us as black women on stage. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of like tone it down. You'll get that um, direction at times from certain people. Hmm. Um, And she was just kind of saying like, not to do that, but just to know that, I was not alone. I was in good company and that she loved my performance and to keep doing what I was doing. So I really, yeah, I carry that with me all the time. Well, it's funny you bring that up because from my memory, you spent some time as a rockette, 
which is the epitome of 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 one 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 body, <laughs> one movement. Totally, uh, we are one big line of one person. <laughs> one, it's one big leg. Uh, was there any? Were there any standout moments in your time as a rocket at Radio City? Yeah, um, the first time I, I believe it must have been dress rehearsal. But the first um, audience I performed in front of at the music hall Hmm. truly blew me away. And I think it's the most impressive moment I've ever had on any stage, like any stage, (laughs) Hmm. Um, whether it was like the Billboard Awards with like Beyonce, like whatever size audience, um, the most impressive and the I, it still gives me chills to think of. I was on zero. I was center rocket. Um, and it was the opening number, you know, reindeer. And we like rush downstage, you know, ring out the bells, those Christmas bells. Dun, dun. And then we come down and the like roar of the audience to be on that iconic stage. Oh my gosh. I still like, I remember like the lights and everything. And I, I had such a moment that I was like, I'm going to forget the choreography. Like I need to focus it. In. <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself on zero. Um, yeah. I hadn't felt like shy like that in a while. And I think that is a really cool standout moment of being a rocket. Like I was definitely with, you know, 36 women in the line, yeah. but I felt like I was completely by myself, like all of a sudden just coming down on zero, living my best dreams. I love that. I love that. I know it's, it's almost, I almost picture it as like you get pushed back by a wall of sound when there's that many people in the room cheering. Yes. It's just like, yeah. it hits. Yeah. Um, is there a particular project you've worked on that has taught you a significant amount about yourself? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think I definitely learn something with every project, uh, that I do. And, um, I think I've evolved the most from my experience doing smash Mm -hmm. and my experience doing summer, the Donna summer musical. Um, and I'll talk about summer for a second. I think doing that show, I was also dance captain And then I became the associate choreographer of uh, the first national tour. And it taught me so much about myself. I actually realized that I'm most fulfilled when I'm wearing all of my hats, when I get to be on stage as a performer, when I get to, you know, read lines and have a scene with a scene partner and I'm noting my peers and I'm giving, you know, direction. And I'm like, I love being in every aspect of what's happening in the theater and, you know, backstage and on stage and running auditions. And, and I, I remember it was right before the shutdown and I was auditioning um, new hires. We had just put in some new people into the summer musical. Mm. And my mornings would start off with my own auditions. I, I was reading for a couple of pilots and um, going in for a couple of things that I was on hold for. And I was loving that, digging into character development and doing all of that. And then going into 
a studio and sitting behind the table and reassuring my fellow actors that like, I'm also one of you. And I want to like, I think that commonality and that uh, being able to talk to people and them knowing that, oh, Jenny's one of us. Okay, I can kind of breathe and chill so that I can do my best in this audition because that's really what directors and choreographers want to see. But so many times, you know, you're just in your head. It's such a nerve wracking scenario. Like you're standing by yourself in a table. (laughs) You have a table full of like the most impressive producers and directors and blah, blah, blah. in an audition setting, just Mm -hmm. judging you is what it feels like. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, go ahead, wow me, um, sing me something and try not to crack. Like that's right. <laughs> kind of the vibe. But when you sit behind the table, it's really not what we're thinking about. And it's so hard to convince people of that. But you're really just we're putting together a puzzle and we want to see someone bring the material to life in their own way. It's really what we want. So I think that also taught me how to audition and how to settle in and know that, oh, okay, they're not like analyzing my every note, you know, I just, yeah, it had me settle a little more as an actor and as someone that auditions on a regular basis. And um, yeah. Is this the perfect time to talk about the LaRoche approach? It sure is. Look at that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's like you're you're making my job so easy. <laughs> I just I don't have to really say anything. Um, so what was Did the, we rehearse this? No, I, not at all. <laughs> exactly right. I understand what you know. The LaRoche LaRoche approach. Um, it comes from this realization of it being absolutely on both sides. does. And I yeah, and I've kind of already talked about it, but like we as dancers, we train so much on our technique Mm. and that's kind of it. And as singers, you know, you train so much on vocal stamina and vocal technique and everyone, you know, Mm. but we do not learn in college, you know, contractual language. How do I even read a contract um, before I just sign any agent and like here, handle my money for me? Um, What am I even signing, you know? How do I continue to look for work in between jobs? Like I tell my students all the time, like your job is to always look for the next job. Like you're never really settled as an artist, as a performer. And so much of the LaRoche approach is really finding the work-life balance. Um, it's super individual. I love my LaRoche approach. I <laughs> I love working with um I feel like I'm doing so many different things because I, I customize it for what my students are really looking for, but it's a mentorship and it's like career coaching along the way. Um, and it's like honing in on someone's technique and what it is they want to do with that technique and how to sustain it and turn that into a career and not just like a one-off job Um, yeah. And how do I, same thing. We already said like the ensemble, being a member in an ensemble, how do you blend? How do you, you know, a lot of the dancers come from this like 
competition dance background and they're doing a lot of dance solos, which is so irrelevant <laughs> to what you would be doing um, in your career. You're never dancing by yourself. Like even if you're a, I don't know, a backup dancer, you're dancing with a group and you have numbers and lines and depths that you have to know of. And, you know, um, yeah. So, so much of the LaRoche approach is <laughs> about being a professional and what that means. How do you get there? Because there really is no transition or roadmap from like your early years of training to suddenly I'm in this industry and people are expecting me to know how to navigate this industry. Mm. Um, you know, and it literally is the difference between showing up and like, <laughs> a kitten heel or a fierce Laduka boot. Like, it's, right. so, you know, um, or a sneaker. <laughs> or a sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, yeah, it's life coaching, essentially. It's life <laughs> it's coaching kind of, in this yeah. industry. And we talk business. I, you know, when I give my seminars, I do like a long QA, and there's so many important questions. I mean, just from basic, like, how do I even write a resume, especially if I have no work? How do I format that? Um, you know, what should a self-tape kind of look like? Um, do I need an agent? When do I get an agent? Like so many questions. And I think for the most part, a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions. Um, so the LaRoche approach is a safe space of like, literally, let's talk. Where are you in your career? And you know, I'm going to give you all the answers I possibly can and let's get you to where you want to be. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>